Welcome, Rink Rats, to this Blackhawks Hockey Rinkcast, episode 20, exclusively sponsored by the premium hockey outfitters at puckhockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Use that discount code the rink to get 10% off of all your orders, and all orders over $100 get you free shipping. Today is Wednesday, April 18th, 2018, and I am Jeff Osborne, better known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. What's up, jerks? And I am joined here by my good friend, co-host, and fellow grumpy old guy, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. Hey, true story. Today on the Twitters, I saw some guy celebrating because he picked the Jets to beat the Wild. Knock me over with a feather. I here. I, I thought the Jets were favored. Where have I been? Yeah, um, well, yeah, you know. I'm dumb. Okay, thank you. <laughs> back in the box, Laz. Yeah, back in the box, Laz. So anyway. Seriously, these potato heads have to be the unsexiest mob of all time. True. Uh, so we are back. Welcome, everybody. And speaking of puckhockey.com. Uh, I think we have some pretty big news, huh? We do. We got notification today that the Rank.com custom apparel line, and I, th- I think we can say that. I think we can go as far as saying it's a custom apparel line, uh, will be available within, oh, probably the next 12 to 24 hours for um, habitual purchase, for um, – <laughs> Uh, retail therapy for uh, spending a massive amounts of money you don't even have um, <laughs> to purchase the rink.com's clothing line, which actually, I, you know, I, we would be doing you a disservice if we just tried to, t- to sell you crap. Actually, um, there, there is some really, really cool stuff in the line, and we're going to take this opportunity in this show to describe some of it in detail. <laughs> um, some of our favorite pieces, and then uh, hopefully that'll stoke your interest. And you go to the to the puckhockey.com tomorrow and puckhcky.com and uh, and check it out. Yeah, uh, I mentioned this on the Monday, the little mini episode with uh, Mario. Uh, I recently went out and uh, basically filled up my cart and uh, got myself a whole bunch of puck hockey gear. And uh, actually, yeah. you get uh, I think you get a, you get like a little free little gift. Like, so yeah. it's probably like a puck hockey shirt or something. You get a lot of like decals and stickers. You get a lot of extra goodies when you order yeah. stuff from them. And then and the stickers are really cool. Yeah. It was it, like two day shipping. I, it was at my door in two days. Uh, okay. Know, I, so I, suffice to say, those guys are freaking phenomenal. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. right on top of things. Yes. Right on top of things. Yeah. I got myself a Mar- uh, Marion Hosa, uh, Hosa wins them all uh, hoodie. Yeah. I got myself a Marion Hosa uh, knit cap. Those things, the quality on those are really nice. That thing is pimp. That is really pimp. I, I covet that. I want one of those. I got uh, the Tom Hazert uh, line of stuff, which he's a, nice. he's like a record executive or record or uh, uh, he, he, he's like the head of the A&R of a, of a label. And uh, he's got the, uh, the, the, the like satanic uh, skate evil, uh, line which i really like so i got a couple of those decals i got a shirt to go along with it uh i i like all their stuff i mean i like i think we mentioned this when we originally announced that that they were gonna you know be our exclusive our, our exclusive premium sponsor was that you and i were both big fans of their stuff yeah well before yeah. we ever approached them or 
or or there was any kind of agreement about yeah. this stuff. So um, it's a match made in heaven. It truly, or is. hell, and, or hell. Uh, we're uh, so like so like I said, we're uh, really geeked up. I don't know, Gate, when you want to talk about the gear specific pieces, but uh, we're um, I'm I'm anxious to do that. And uh, um, anyway, it's it's great. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know what? Let's we we, te- we tease them a little bit. Uh, we we'll get we'll get into some hockey talk a little bit. Yeah, and uh, we'll kind of wrap up uh, what happened in the Blackhawks season. We'll talk about the Ice Hogs just a little bit and uh, kind of uh, speak a little bit on the Indy Fuel, and then uh, we'll circle back around towards the end. We'll kind of talk a little bit more about our uh, exclusive line at PuckHockey.com, and then we'll wrap things up. We'll let everyone get on with their week and uh, enjoy playoff hockey. So uh, yes, yeah. So uh, let's get right into the Blackhawks. Uh, the season's over. <laughs> mercifully uh i think that last that last month was uh pretty painful for everyone it, uh, yeah it was just kind of really it was almost like you know being in prison you know it's just every game was just drudgery and you were just it was just when is this going to be over i mean it's it's as hard as it is to imagine that that's really what it came down to at the end well i mean yeah, yeah you know they were Taves was hurt and they, they had several guys that were hurt and, you know, Duclair was hurt. Not that he's the biggest, you know, name on the roster, but a lot of regulars, three, four regulars were hurt. Uh, and then they were playing a lot of kids, which is good because we get to see what we have in the kids or what we don't have in the kids. And, uh, but still it was painful to just, you know, every game you pretty much know they're going to lose. You're actually surprised when they pull out a, an impressive win. Yeah. Which is how it exactly how it went. You know, some of us were like, oh, wow, they won this game. Wow. That's shocking. Yeah. Speaking of Duclair, I've been working on the uh, grades and analysis of the forwards. Gates already posted the defense um, and the goalies are coming as well. I'll probably have that forwards piece sometime this weekend. Um, you know, but I've been thinking about, you know, the team next year, um, you know, and, and there, there's a lot of of promising or at least competent um skilled forward uh, forward forwards young forwards on this team um to go with a couple of the veterans like Kane and Taves and then I guess you'd call Sada veteran now um you know which will have some bearing on on the team's offseason plans and, and what they go after um and go after in the draft as well so um I actually think that some of the young forwards are, are kind of a bright spot, especially on the wings. I, I don't think that uh, the team is quite as, as well stocked at center as they as they could be and need to be to, to get back to competitiveness. But uh, yeah, um, there's there's some bright there were some bright spots down down the stretch. Yeah, and, and the thing like you and I have both kind of talked about this a lot is that while Stan Bowman is feeding everyone, this is, this team is going to look very similar next year that he's going to have to make some changes. Oh yeah. You're going to have to bring some people in and probably some people are going to go and maybe because it's not going to be a lot of significant names as you know, he's kind of playing word games. Yeah. But, um, you, you know, I, I'm still of the opinion that they're going to try and do their best to unload Artem Anisimov. Well, you know, I've been hearing for, well, since last, since last summer, I've been hearing that they've had talks with a lot of teams about Anisimov and, 
you know, he's 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 a good player. Um, he's a versatile player. I mean, he's he's one of their few big guys who can get in front of the goalie and screen him. And um, you know, but he's not a great skater. He's a center who's terrible at faceoffs, which is not a good combination. Um, and he's pretty well compensated to be what is now looking like a third line center. So, um, yeah, I, that won't surprise me at all. Yeah, and 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 then if they clear up a lot of salary. They can bring someone in somehow. Uh, I mean, the, the the free agent market, as far as defense goes, is not all that great. Yeah, the one name that's out there I had a chance to see in person last night, and my verdict would be spend the money, even if you have to overpay a little bit, and get John Carlson. Yeah, Because he's a, he's a pretty good defenseman. In the and, back of my mind, that's what I've been really thinking about. You know, uh, this is kind of the Soupy Campbell kind of, you know, back in – you know, back in in the early okay. days, ten you know, years ago. Yeah, right. Exactly. This is kind of like yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to go out there and get something of some sort of quality. If you're gonna overpay for something, get something that's gonna actually help you out, because you've yeah. overpaid for so many other things right now that yeah. aren't really necessarily helping you out. So, if you're gonna have you know, a little bit of room, too, use it. I mean, a guy like Carlson. I mean, just watching him play. I mean, he's 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 pretty good at both ends of the ice and got a big shot and you know, he's got good size and um, skates. Well, I I think that, uh, you know, I mean, especially in defense, I mean, if you skimp, you're just going to get a guy, you know, Um, and and the Hawks don't need another guy on defense. They got a lot of those guys. Yeah. They need need a, a legitimate top four defenseman, a guy who can, I mean, you know, I, Kudos to Carlson and, you know, maybe Barry Trotz, but the other guy I was watching last night was Carlson's partner, our old friend Michael Kempney. And Kempney played a pretty solid game last night. Keeps it really simple, and, you know, some of that may be his partner. And uh, I'm not saying we get Kempney back, but I, what I am saying is that um, I think they need a guy that they can – because they don't have a number three or a legitimate number four defenseman right now. They don't have it. I mean, no. they got a bunch of guys who are sort of, you know, in that 5-6 range – and that might be generous with a couple. Yeah. Of them. And uh, you know what made them such a great team in 2015 when we when they were last dominant was the, having that you know those two really strong defense pairs that just were a matchup nightmare for opposing coaches in the playoffs. And and uh, you know that's the other thing too. I mean, um, you know we haven't seen much of the Hawks in the playoffs in the last three years or two two plus years and. Uh, Man, just watching that game last night, I would, you know, watch the the Blue Jackets and um, the Capitals here in Columbus, and and uh, playoff hockey is just such a different beast. And I use that term beast uh, with with two meanings. I mean, it's the the level of physicality and intensity. Um, it's not for the faint of heart, you know, and and um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Hawks do get back to the playoffs next year, which I think is quite possible. Yeah. Um, with some of these younger guys um, who, you know, some of them, you know, some of them racked up some decent numbers in the in the uh, the regular season this year. Some of the young guys. But it, it'd be interesting to see how they how they respond to playoff hockey. And I have opinions um, about some of these guys and how I think that they, they'll do in the playoffs when the Hawks if or when the Hawks get back there. Yeah, Uh I was thinking the same thing as I've been watching this playoff hockey, just what the the difference in the intensity and oh. and, and the, the quality of play of, that's going on out there. And, uh, you know, to kind of, you know, 
bring up the Blackhawks again. Can you imagine if they would have squeaked into the playoffs with their goaltending problems and their defensive problems? They would have done what the Kings just did last night, which has gone gone out again in four games with hardly a whimper. Right. They would have been slaughtered. They really would have yeah, been. Yeah, they, they would have been killed. Yeah. You know, if they squeaked in, let's see, they'd be, they'd be going up against Vegas or they would be going up against... You know, Preds. Pardon me? The Preds probably, right? Yeah, I mean, either or. And the Vegas made the Hawks look terrible this year. As much as I can't stand the Preds fans, I mean, the team's good. And yeah, uh, they, they, they would smash the Hawks in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a believer. Take two steps back so you can take a giant leap forward. I'm a, I agree. Yeah, and I think that I hope, I don't know. I mean, when Bowman makes statements like, um, you know, the team's going to look much the same next year as it did this year. I sure hope he's playing poker. <laughs> he doesn't mean that. Um, but again, we've, we've covered this in, in past ring cast, but uh, um, yeah, I, I just think that they, they, they're going to need to make some moves and it does sound like that, you know, depending on where the cap settles and um, you know, some of the other factors like, you know, can they do something with uh, the great Marion hosts contract, which at this point, doesn't really matter. You know, Hosa's Hosa's a Blackhawk and his number I believe is going up in the rafters not in not too long, probably after his contract expires. Um, but so if they move his contract elsewhere, I don't think it tarnishes his legacy whatsoever. That could create a lot of cap space for them. Um, you know, what I again it, 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 there's an opportunity to really make some bold moves. You know, the question is 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 Bum gonna do it and and can he? Yeah, well, he, he needs to because the, these are things that are that need to be done. Uh, he can't be hemming and hawing and playing games like you, this is like a crucial moment in Blackhawks, you know, history. Either they're going to make the moves that need to be done and do things to improve the team or they're going to stand pat and they're going to look like crap next year. Maybe Corey Crawford makes them look slightly better, but they're still not going to be able to make a splash in the playoffs if they don't make enough, you know, changes to this lineup. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you mentioned I, I just got done doing the the review of the defense, and uh, you know, I gave pretty much almost everyone a, a round to see, uh, and uh, I gave Duncan Keith a little bit better than that, and that was the only. Uh, blowback that i got was on duncan keith they said i i I rated duncan keith too high well gate i have to confess that it has nothing to do with how much i enjoy your articles because i always do but i've been so busy this week no i I understand your article yet um i so i've done uh, there's a reason i asked this question and maybe you maybe you address it this way maybe you didn't i almost feel like you could give brent seabrook two entirely different grades for like the the first 40 to 50 games and the last 30 to 40 games. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I, I kind of mentioned it a little bit just basically that, you know, once they figured out what to kind of do with them, then things settled down and it wasn't as bad. And, you know, he is, uh, and the way I put it with him was, you know, he, you know, can be a little slow. You know, we know, we know what he is. Everyone, you know, he knows what he is. Um, 
But when you put him out there in in a position where he's not necessarily going to succeed because he's going to get blown by, then maybe that's the coach. That's a coaching problem. And just because he makes you know six and a half million dollars a year doesn't mean you have to put him out there in positions where he's going to get blown around. How about just use him where you know where he fits and just forget about his salary, and uh, you know just accept it for the next couple of years because that's what you're going to have to do. He's not going anywhere. People yeah, I mean, just, just in a broad sense, I mean, the first first part of the year, he was just, you know, the poor guy was, he just looked overwhelmed and out of sorts and couldn't do anything right. And then just gradually, especially toward, you know, towards the end of the season, the last 20, 30 games, it was like, hey, it's Brent Seabrook. He's back. You know, I mean, he was steady. He was generally, it's, there were some nights where he was the Hawks' best defenseman. Um, which wasn't always saying that much, but I mean, or he was the only good defenseman they had some yeah. nights. And uh, I, th- I think that's encouraging for next year because you're right. He's not going anywhere. They're not trading that deal. Um, and uh, it was good to see. I mean, I'm, I'm actually based upon this year. I'm, I'm more concerned about Dun- Duncan Keith than I am Seabrook going into next year, just based upon how Seabrook finished the season. Um, so, yeah, part of part of what I was saying too, and and you bring up Duncan Keith, so that's a good segue, was that, you know, Duncan Keith is he's a freak of nature. We know this, but um, when you put him out there and you tie Jordan Osterle around his neck for yeah. a majority of the season, like he's going to spend a lot of that time trying to cover for yeah. the deficiencies of his partners, and yeah. and that's going to happen to any good defenseman if you put him out there with you know, a, you know, a rookie, essentially a rookie defenseman who struggles on the back end. Uh, I mean, Osterley, I counted it up. He had 25 NHL games of experience before this year, and he over doubled that uh, just this year. So, you know, you, you do that and then, you know, he's not getting any younger and you're putting him on the power play where he's not generally all that good. So I suggested take him off the power play. He's not doing much. All he's doing is covering for when people turn the puck over. Um, take him off the power play. Save his legs a little bit for, for you know, five on five. If you need to use him on the penalty kill, sure. Take him off the power play. You you can yeah. you can have someone someone else. I mean, they had other guys. I mean, Cody Franzen was a better power yeah. play. Uh, I've been, in my opinion, really since Brian Campbell left in 2011, because the Brian Campbell who came back last season before last really wasn't that same player, but they really haven't had a, a true power play quarterback in several years. I mean, Keith, Keith's a, a, an underrated passer. He's a really good skater. Um, but he's, as we all know, um, you don't have to hear Pat, Pat Foley say missed that he missed the net more than, you know, 10 times a game to realize he's not the bit, not the best shooter from the point. Um, and he just, he's not really an intuitive power play quarterback. And, they don't they don't have that guy. They don't have a, a really strong power play quarterback. And, and we could talk about the power play all night and what's wrong with it and what could be improved. I, I, I'm going to talk about it some in the article on the forwards, because as, as great a player as Patrick Kane is um, and, you know, great shooter, great, great passer, et cetera. But for some reason, when he starts handling the puck on the right half board and, and sort of cycling around there, the Hawks all stop moving. Yeah, the whole thing grinds to a halt, and the passing lanes close down. And 
Um, I don't know if that's Kane not listening to coaching or if the coaching stinks. I don't know. But, you know, it's just with the Hawks power play, it all comes down to motion and the motion that isn't there, both player and puck movement. Um, some, some nights they do it and they do it really well. Um, and they get a lot of chances, but then other times they get so freaking predictable and immobile. And, um, so again, I, I think, I, but I, I think some of it comes back to, you know, the guy bringing it into the zone and setting up at the point, you know, the, the quote unquote power play quarterback, they need that, you know, and that's, that's another reason they've really got to inject something into this defense that they don't have right now. Well, yeah, and, and, and where are they going to be able to find that? Because I don't think John Carlson's a power play quarterback. He's um, got a great shot. Yeah, he's good. Well, and, and I kind of mentioned this about Seabrook, too, which is, you know, when I when I get back to, you know, playing to his strengths, he's got a cannon of a shot that he can get he through to the net. So you can yeah. use him in spots on the power play. Is yeah, a quarterback? Totally no. Yeah, I agree. But you can use him to get through. I mean, he's got a good one-timer. He can hit the net. Uh, we've seen that, you know, he can, he still has that in his game. So, but as a quarterback, no, for sure not, but you could set him up. Absolute bomb, but no, he's not that, he's not that guy either. So I don't know, you know, and Bowman will probably start talking about Gustav Forsling or I don't know, Adam Glendening. I don't, I don't know, but you know, the bottom line is I don't think that that guy is in the organization right now. And that's, that's the other thing going into the, um, into the draft. There are a lot of really good defensemen in the top 10 of the draft. And, and, you know, I would love to see Bowman get that guy who's, you know, becomes, you know, hopefully somewhat of a, of a replacement for either a Keith or a Seabrook, because by the time the guy they draft this year, unless his name is Darlene, by the time that guy reaches the NHL, Keith and Seabrook are going to be about done, you know? So I think they got it in the draft this year. That's it's a deep draft for defensemen at the top of the draft. I think they got to take a, the best defenseman they can get with their pick. Yeah, well, and and, and now there's of course all this talk about Yoki Haru. Uh, I know Scott Powers wrote an article or, or at least sent a tweet out saying that um, they're on the verge of signing an entry level contract. There's just some uh, performance bonuses that seem to be holding up the contract. So Yoki Haru is going to be somewhere in, in you know either Rockford or. Um, Chicago probably next year. I mean, unless, well, I mean, I guess they could send him back to junior probably, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how old he is. Cause I think after a certain age, he's got to go to Rockford, I believe. Yeah. Um, you, well, I think because of the, uh, the Canadian hockey league, you can't be, you gotta be over 20. I think if you're right. 19, I think you have to go back to junior. Right. I believe, you know, I point. remember when we had Pete Rutili on, um, who is y- Yoki Haru's agent and also, um, Jordan Osterley, Vinny Henestrosa, um, Vinny's going to get a lot of love in my forward article, um, not because he's some kind of offensive machine like something, but just for the kind of player he is and can be. Um, but anyway, I, but I, I digress from the point of Yoki Haru. He, um, you know, Pete said he's a really competitive kid and he's really driven. And I got to say, when I when I saw him playing in um, the preseason. I mean, I was just riveted by his skill with the puck on his blade coming up the ice. I mean, he handles the puck like a forward, and um, he's got a lot of talent, and he can skate. And if he has that competitiveness that Pete says he does, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing with a lot of these guys. I mean, you know, and we, we kind of like to joke about it and poke fun at all these prospect, you know, predictions and rankings and prognostications. You know, the, the really 
when they're prospects, the only people who really know are the agents and the scouts, um, you know, who actually sit and talk with these kids and spend time with them and spend time around them and see, you know, what their work habits are, how driven they are, how serious they are, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, how they are with their teammates. Um, and it, it's just so hard based upon YouTubes to, uh, to really get a sense of, you know, how these guys are going to be as pros. And um, I, based upon what I saw of Yoki Haru, there's a lot to be excited about there. He's a right-handed shot, um, which is a really nice, nice luxury. Could really skate. Um, the question is, is, you know, how dedicated he's going to be to, you know, playing in all three zones and especially the defensive zone. I don't think he's going to be ready for the NHL next year, um, but maybe in a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, he's he's one guy definitely that I would say, you know, and the other guy, Hillman, and um, the other kid who was at Colorado, Mitchell, I mean, they could be part of the Mitch, excuse me, part of the mix too. But I I also don't, Yoki Haru maybe has a chance to be an elite or very high level, de- a chance to be an elite or high level defenseman in the NHL. But, you know, after that, these are guys who play well in college or play well in junior. It's just real hard to say that they're going to be a Duncan Keith or a Brent Seabrook. There's a lot of guys out there who are, you know, good college and good junior players. There aren't many Duncan Keiths or Brent, Se- Brent Seabrooks. Yeah. And there's the, the latest defenseman they just signed, which is Dennis Gilbert from yeah. uh, Notre Dame. They, uh, they just signed him and he's, I, I don't know what he's going to do in Rockford. He has, still hasn't reported to the team yet, but I don't know if he's going to just watch or what the deal is, but he's not. I think he's just on an eight uh, amateur tryout, so I would assume he's probably just going to watch. Yeah, but though the the, the promising part about that is uh, like Hillman and Gilbert, and there's a couple guys in there with some size. So if they can weed through that, find a guy that can you know, because the only really the only guy with size other than Seabrook is is uh, Connor Murphy. And yeah, we still don't know what we're gonna get out of him. I mean, he's still. I don't know if he's gonna be around either. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. But you know, I, I it's gonna it's gonna get muddy, and I'm still not really really happy with the fact that he signed all these mediocre defensemen to come back next year. Because yeah. I'm not real happy about that either. I mean. It's there's going to be hard decisions that are going to have to be made in camp. And some of those decisions are going to be based on the fact that players are signed to contracts. Yeah. Some of these guys, because this is how the Blackhawks work, they don't like to send players through waivers if they don't, you know, if at all possible. So if it comes, you know, if if the decision comes between, and I'm just going to throw a name out there. I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but if the decision has to come between a Blake Hellman and Jan Ruda, Jan Root is not going down. Blake Hillman is. Yeah. Even if Blake Hillman plays better or whoever the or, you know, Yoki Haru or anyone like that, which makes things very difficult to improve when you put yourself in a corner like that. Yeah. I, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Call me crazy, but all these defensemen are, are coming back. And, and, and I kind of alluded to this in my article, too, about Gustav Forsling. Like, where is he going to fit into this mix? If you've got already got five or six guys that are on NHL contra- one-way NHL contracts. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It seems like, fortunately, his stock kind of plummeted this year, it seems like. I, I did. The, just the way they handled him. I, you know? Yeah. I'm afraid he's going to turn into the next Polka, as far as not 
not his his talent, but the way the organization treats him. Yeah, it's possible. And he just gets stuck at, at Rockford forever until finally they throw him in as a sweetener to a deal somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's younger. He's he's got more talent, but the 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 position that Stan Bowman's put himself in just is it's and and he did this early on. Like he's had time to resign these guys later on and yeah. see how things shake out, see how the draft goes. You know. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot about Stan Bowman that, and I you know I try to be fair minded and and assume that that he may have very good reasons, but some of the, like some of the, he signs a lot of he signed a lot of guys like a full year before they would hit free agency. And I real I realize you don't want to drag it out and, and you don't want to, you don't want to get up, you know, to the wall and then you're in big trouble. And then you, you know, you get over the barrel in terms of having to make a trade of a guy who you haven't signed. I get all that, but a year is a year. It's not six months. It's not nine months. And in some cases it seems like, um, like with Anisimov, uh, who had never played a game in Chicago, He's in a full year before his free agency is going to hit Bowman three days after trading for him, signs him to this big deal that had a no trade clause in it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, or Gustafson or Ruda. I mean, I mean, a lot of people are freaking out about what they're paying Ruda actually for what he is, is sort of a number five defenseman and skates well and, and is, is reasonably good positionally. Um, you know, I think that's fine. Um, he doesn't, that doesn't bother me as much as the Gustafson thing does. I mean, well, the Gustafson is two years. He's a, he's a, he can really jump into the play, can really shoot the puck and pass. He's just terrible defensively. (laughs) And, you know, that's sort of the the primary job of a defenseman is is to defend. Um, you'd think, um, and the problem is, yeah, you can have that guy who's really good offensively and jumping into the play, but, Man, you, you need you, those guys have got to be at least somewhat stable in their own end, and, and I, I just think he's terrible defensively, and well, so I, it's it's just kind of like you know I don't know. Bowman seems to, to like to use contracts to validate his his personnel decisions. Yeah, um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of brought it up with Ruta too. It's like the guy played fifty games. He was injured several times. He yeah. played okay. Uh, but there were there were long stretches where he sat, and then all of a sudden you're throwing this guy two two point three million before it before they were even close to free agency, like yeah. still during the season, like you couldn't right. draw this out a little right. bit, right? And and Gustafson's a two year deal. I know it's not just a one. It's not just a show me deal. This is a two year deal. Here's the problem with Gustafson is if you want to go out and improve the defense and, and get a free agent in. What are you gonna if if it pushes him down to to say number seven? Um, what are you gonna do with him? You know, you can send him to Rockford. Can you? I mean, I don't know. It just it, it just it just seems like if Bowman is he's almost making a statement. I'm building my defense around these guys and Keith and Seabrook next year, and I I would challenge him to say, where's your number three? Where's your number four? Because you don't have it. So well, right now you don't have a number two. Well, some would argue that yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we re- they really don't. Seabrook's more of a second pairing guy, and I, I think that's that that's probably that's probably accurate. They have a one, and then they have like maybe a three, and then some four, fives, and sixes. That's what they well, got. I don't even think they have fours. I think it's you know, Ruta's the best of the other ones, generally speaking, and he's he's a five. Yeah, you know, I mean, Ruta's Ruta's okay, but he's he's just charming soft. 
And I mean, he, he loses puck battles that a guy his size should not be losing. And I think he kind of gets intimidated when, when the big boy hockey starts and doesn't become as, he's not as effective either. Um, and, you know, again, watch, you know, we could talk about this in terms of the context of the regular season all we want. But, I mean, if the Hawks get back to the postseason, they got a lot of guys who I, I'm not sure are going to really hold up in the playoffs. I mean, you know, guys are like 170 pounds soaking wet. And, you know, a kid like Debrinket, who I know, I know, Gabe, you've you've been a you've been a little bit. Uh, um, what what shall I what shall I say? A, a late adopter. <laughs> um, you know, but. The thing I, one of the things I like about him is that he's competitive. You know, he'll he'll stick his nose in there. You might get ragdolled, but he will stick his nose in there, and um, he he competes. You know, so yeah, I don't worry about him about him as much in the playoffs as I do, you know, even a guy like Schmaltz, who I th- tends to shy away from contact and um, the rough going, and and when the, when the games get really rough and and um, physical. So it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, going forward with, with this group. You know, a lot of these young guys at Bowman's, you know, Osterley's like 175 pounds soaking wet. Um, he gets pushed around in front of the net. I mean, just watching the game last night, I mean, the, especially the Caps, their defensemen, they engage physically around the net. I mean, it was the, the Blue Jackets had a hard time getting anything going around um, Holpe last night because the, 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 the Capitals' defense engages. I mean, they will put their bodies on guys and move guys out of there. And the Hawks, the only guy I ever see see do that with any consistency is Seabrook. Right, yeah. And, you know, his his limitations are in other areas, so. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be <laughs> curious for sure. Uh, but some, things need to change a little bit because you can't, you, can't uh, you can't keep the rest of the way it is. And uh, uh, I, I'm curious to see what Bowman's going to do because – uh, we we've hear, we hear all these accolades and all these uh, the Bowman truthers out there about how good he is. Well, uh, now it's time to prove it. Yeah, and this isn't the Stan Bowman edition of the Ringcast by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, I've been saying this for a few years, and again, trying to be fair and fair-minded and, and present a balanced picture. Um, you know, when he became GM in two thousand nine. Um, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, uh, Jonathan Tate, Patrick Kane, uh, Brian Campbell, Patrick Sharp, Corey Crawford, Marion Hosa, um, Marion Hosa, Nicholas Jalmerson were all there already. So, and, and the, and, you know, yeah, you can argue, well, I've heard that he won three cups, the first cup. I mean, come on, they could have, they could have appointed, um, Jake Martin. <laughs> they could have made Jake the GM, and they would have won a cup in 2010. They, they were, it was just going to happen. They had so much talent. They had Joel Quenville. Um, they were just starting to gel in 2009 when Bowman took over, and and they basically cruised in 2010. Um, and uh, so so that one, I can't I can't even give that one to Bowman. 2013 and 15, I give Bowman credit for going out and getting the the Michael Hanzuses and the Antoine Vermettes and, you know, just the right mix of guys to, uh, um, you know, sort of fill in around the core. And you can't, you can't, you know, discount the two cups that, that he was part of, but without that core, no cups, none. Um, and that core was assembled before he became the GM. So, um, 
I, I think, you know, again, um, I think, I think, you know, he did a nice job, 13, 14, 15. I think he did a really good job, but again, he had all those guys in their prime. Um, I think we're, we're finding out what kind of GM he can be in 16, 17 and 18 and 19. Uh, what, you know, really what, with a, with a, with the same hand dealt to him that most other GMs have. I guess we're going to see because he won't be back next year if uh, if things don't go a little bit better uh, this summer. Well, and, uh, and I promised I promised to share this um, on uh, one of the articles on the rink, and I'll just go ahead and say it now. I mean, I, I heard a, a couple of weeks back, um, it was right before the uh, the announcement came out that, that uh, you know, Bowman and Quenville would be back for one year. I have heard that the Hawks have begun um, that they actually reached out to the Green Bay Packers to find out um, who the executive search firm was that the Packers used to hire, hire their GM. Um, now, I don't assume necessarily that means the Hawks are using that that firm to hire a GM, but I, I think that the Hawks are at least open to evaluating what else might be out there um, as far as their um, perhaps coaching staff, perhaps uh, front office, um, and they sh- they should be, because the results have fallen off the last three years. Um, going from you know a team that that was among the elite in the league to 13th in the West, so I don't think anybody's job should be safe, and including and especially Stan Bowman. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This has got to be it. Like. It has to be it. I mean, either you, you, you produce results or this has been three years of unsatisfactory uh, results. So you can't have a fourth one. Uh, right. You, well, I guess we talked about this before. I, I just, and this applies to Q as well. I mean, um, you, you know, you look at the way Columbus responds to John Tortorella, um, you know, the way Vegas has responded to Gerard Gallant, um, there's a fair argument and I've been a big Q supporter, but there's a fair argument that this team is not responding to the coaching staff. Um, and so the bottom line is, is yeah, these, if these, if these guys don't turn this thing around this year, I don't know why you would bring them back. What do you want? What, what are you expecting to change? It's insanity at that point. Yeah. That would be five years of, or, you know, four years, to, four sorry, years. four years. Yeah. Four years of just being mediocre and, and, you 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 could put up the regular season champion banner or whatever you want to do, but that doesn't give you shit in the playoffs. Sorry, no, it, it doesn't. Does not. And 2016 and 2017 proved that. Yeah, pretty so, emphatically. Yeah. Well, there's there, there, so there's a lot of work to be done. Um, we're not going to see a whole lot of anything coming up. Uh, you know, at least until uh, the Stanley Cup uh, Finals over. So uh, it, it's going to be kind of quiet in Blackhawks land for a little bit. But uh, one one position we haven't talked about or mentioned really much at all is the goalies. I knew we were going to get there, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's some, something that is also going to be a concern because, uh, you know, who knows about Corey Crawford? Hey, you could go out there and say that, you know, we fully expect Corey Crawford to be back next season. But you know what? For a majority of the regular season, they were running around telling everybody, we expect Corey Crawford to be back this season. Yeah. And what happened? You know, we've talked and we've talked about it. I, I, again, without going into the various rumors and theories that we've heard, um, 
because it just seems like it just gets people angry <laughs> and they blame, they blame us. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to do that, but, uh, but the bottom line is I don't think I, I, hopefully the Hawks know, and, and you have to assume going into the off season, they do, they know whether Crawford's going to be back or not, or if, you know, if, but if they don't feel like they can count on him, um, that's, oof, that doesn't bode well. No, it, do- it doesn't. There's not much behind him. And, uh, you know, goalies like Crawford and Braden Holpe and uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, they don't grow on trees. You know, no. there's there's four or five, six of those guys in the, in the NHL at any given time. And um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's there's a couple guys out there on the uh, on RFA and uh, a list. As far as, like, straight free agents go, you're not going to get much of anything. But uh, there's, like... Philip Grubauer in Washington, like they're not going to be able to keep him. They're not going to be able to re- retain him because he's going to cost too much for him. They're going to have to probably let him go somehow. And they're there. Uh, I, I read somewhere that um, that Russian goalie, I think his name is Samsonov, that they uh, he's coming over to the uh, NHL and he's going to probably be their backup next year. So, yeah. you know, I'm not saying the Blackhawks necessarily going to be able to go out there and and make a big offer for Philip Grubauer, but I'm just saying that that's you know, it's it, it's a player who may be available. That uh, you know, Robin Lanner is, I believe, an RFA. Um, I'm uh, I like Robin Lanner, but not for reasons of of uh, you know how how his play has been on the rink. Uh, he's you know he's been okay. He's been really good in spots, but he's been. Uh, less good more often so um but you know we you know we've we've talked about forsberg i mean i still am of the opinion that that the blackhawks have broken anton forsberg with the way they've handled it it's funny i mean before he took that injury there at the end of the season he was starting to put some stuff together um he had had he'd had like two or three pretty good games um you know toward the end there and and uh I personally, I think, um, you know, they have a lot invested in him with regard to the Saad and Panarin trade. And we can talk about that a little bit tonight, too. But uh, yeah, we should talk um, about that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I personally, I think of all the of all the would be backup goalies that we've seen audition the last this past season. I, I think he's the one that they've got. They've got to take at least a little bit of a longer look at unless they find somebody which is quite possible um, who who it seems more you know up to the task and, and ready and and uh, answers the bell more consistently. But I think Forsberg showed in five or six games last year that he played and that he can be really effective um, against a, a barrage of high quality shots. And but I agree that the way the coaching staff handled him was mystifying, and I I don't think it did a really good job in his head. But there was something about when they when they gave him the keys back. After um, Barube kind of crapped the bed and you know should you know, revealed himself to be what he was, um, Forsberg Forsberg picked it up and he had a couple of really strong games. There was one game in particular, I think it was against Vancouver, um, where he just played a really strong game. I think the Hawks won like two to one, and uh, he made like forty saves and a couple of really beauties down down the down the stretch of the game and. Um, I don't know. I, I still think there could be that they that they might have something in Forsberg, but again, they they're going to have to you know handle him uh, much better than they did last year. And you know maybe part of that will be um, with a healthy Corey Crawford in front of him, where where Forsberg can just be the backup and not 
you know, get thrust into being a number one in the NHL where, you know, he was playing in the AHL last year. Yeah. yeah well, and you know, the, the other interesting thing is, is Jeff Berube signed again for next year. <laughs> so he's going to be here somewhere, probably Rockford, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think Berube would be great as a number one in Rockford. I do. Well, yeah, I, I think it's going to be, I honestly think it's going to be between Delia and Berube and Rockford. Uh, Jeff Glass is going to, you know, ride off into the sunset with his. Yeah, and Delia, Delia could be number one in Rockford. Yeah. Absolutely. With his 15 minutes of fame, Jeff Glass and his, you know, that that Glass guy. Uh, I think he's going to probably, I, I, I can't see why he wouldn't, after what happened this year, just, just hang it up and uh, move on, coach or something like that. He's probably, you know, he's, he's from, from. You know, all reports, he's really good with players. People really like him. Yeah. So, you know, stick on the organization as a, you know, a goaltending coach or something like that. That's yeah. fine. But, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a free agent anyway. So. Flailing technique of hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, Delia and Barube probably in Rockford. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I was wavering on Forsberg in the start of the season, and he kind of won me over the preseason, but then he really dropped off uh, for a lot of, you know, he was he had the keys. Like, this is your team now. It can be. You could be the next Scott Darling. And, you know, he, he gives up a couple bad goals, and then they're yeah, jerking him around. So, so let's talk about that, because when Darling came in in 2015 in, in the first round against Nashville, and the legend of Scott Darling was born, he had Duncan Keith playing at the top of his game. He had a still quite uh, competent and capable Brett Seabrook. He had Nicholas Jalmerson and Johnny Oduya. He had that foursome in front of him. Um, you know, I, and and I just so I feel like you know Forsberg didn't have that. Forsberg had a flailing Seabrook, a a you know a C, uh, Keith having a bad year, and then the 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 clown car behind him. Um, so again, I feel like, um, and Forsberg, you know, again, I mean, when 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 they first start, when he they first sort of handed him the keys to your to your point, I remember he went down into Nashville and he had a great game. He, I mean, like forty six shots. I think he gave up one or two goals. Um, so I mean, I I feel like that there were that there were enough of those types of games that he had this year, where. Again, unless you find somebody who comes in as just a lot more predictable and steady to be your backup and you can maybe still get something for Forsberg and trade, then trade him. Fine. But if not, I think he's the guy that you, you, you put in behind Crawford, assuming Crawford's back. And and see if you can just get him to settle down and deliver that quality of play consistently. Because if you do, then you got a pretty good goalie. Yeah. Well, hopefully. I, I hope he turns it around because they need it. But um, they still they they got to really investigate going out looking at going out there and looking to see if uh, you know I I'd rather have too much depth than not enough. I totally agree. I mean I don't think and that's why I say if you you could find somebody to do that job more more consistently and predictably, then you 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 know you dump Forsberg and and you know cut your losses. Um, but yeah, I need, I think beyond five or six guys in this roster, there's nobody whose job should be secure. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I, because of the salary commitments that Bowman's made, the contracts, he's got about 19 guys. Yeah. <laughs> whose yeah. jobs are secure now. Well, the, the good thing about Forsberg is he doesn't make a lot of money. He only makes 750 grand. Yep. 
but yep. he is not waiver exempt. So you'd have to put him through waivers and he'd probably, he could probably get claimed. I don't know at this point, they've screwed him up so much. Maybe teams don't want to touch him, but um, I bet somebody would claim him. I bet they would. It might. Yeah, they might. They might. So, um, you know, well, I guess since we brought up Anton Forsberg, we might as well bring up the uh, elephant in the room, the sad Panarin trade. Yeah, I mean, I I just think every time Panarin, you know, delivers a highlight real performance for Columbus, the the pressure on Sad grows and grows and grows in terms of what fans expect from him, which is really unfortunate because they're different types of players. And, um, you know, I'll be the first to say, I mean, Saad did not have a great, great year this year. He, he went through some long scoring slumps. He started out great, but then he went through some long scoring slumps. You could tell he was squeezing the sap out of his stick. Um, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but the other side of it is, is Panarin's doing things in Columbus that he was, he just didn't, wasn't able to do in Chicago. Um, he stepped his game up to another level. Yeah. He's... Uh, and I think part of it is, is, you know, he, he was deferential to Patrick Kane. I mean, it, you know, he saw his job as not just scoring, but also, but also getting the puck over to Kane a lot too. And I also, I just feel like in Chicago, Panarin fell into this, this rut of constantly setting up in, in the left circle, waiting for the one timer. And he's doing things dynamically in, in Columbus in their offense. That's that where he's the best. He was the best player on the ice last night in that game. He was better than Ovechkin by far. He was better than um, Backstrom. Um, he was he was by far the best player on the ice. Um, and uh, you know it, it's great, but it's unfortunate. It's just unfortunate because it's it's almost like Sod will never be able to. Sod will never live this down, and it's and it's too bad because Sod's a really good player for what he does. And the other thing is there is zero guarantee that the Blue Jackets will be able to hold on to Panera when his contract's up next year. It's sort of feeling like a uh, Cinderella story. And, you know, the people in Columbus love him. He seems to like it in Columbus, so maybe he stays. But I also believe, and we've had a a few discussions on the Twitters about this, Mm -hmm. um, he's going to get paid, Mm -hmm. whether it's by the Blue Jackets or somebody else. He's going to get like eight and a half, nine, nine and a half million dollars a year, guaranteed. Yeah, that yeah. I mean that that was the, the the whole gist of things. It's yeah, it looks bad. Yeah, the production isn't there from Saad, but um, Panarin on this team doesn't get them necessarily in the playoffs. And if it does, it doesn't get them past the first round. Right. Um, and and after what is it next year that he's a free agent next summer or is it this twenty nineteen? Yeah. So next year, the Blackhawks wouldn't be able to keep him. Uh, no. I, I mean, they they if they had him. They're gonna have to probably let him go. Um, he's gonna make eight to nine million dollars a year, based on the salary cap. He could even make more than that the way he's been playing. If he continues to play at the level he's been playing, he could be a ten million dollar player. Yeah, well, especially yeah, right at the cap, because again, the the uh, glass half full element of the hawk fan base they keep talking about how the cap's gonna be like eight hundred million dollars this summer. No, actually eighty. Um, but, or 78, something like that. And, and it could well be, but you have to understand the economics. It's not like you can go out then and clean up picking up players in, you know, 2017, $18 salaries are going to rise commensurately with a higher cap. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's just going to drive salaries up. 
And, uh, you know, that, that's why the players always, you know, kick in the escalator year after year because they, they you know, they know it, it means more money in their pockets. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, he, he's a great player. He really is. And I miss him, too. But, uh, you know, the reality of it is I understand why the why the deal was made. And at the, at the time, it made a lot of sense. And unfortunately, Brandon Sod's, you know, unfortunate circumstances this year made it look a lot worse than it really was. And, you know, he'll he'll he'll, he'll bounce back. I, I'm, I'm convinced that he's going to bounce back. I'm, I'm gonna see, he's not going to get to, you know, Artemi Panarin level, but he was never at Artemi Panarin level. No, nah, not offensively. No, but no. I mean, but overall, yeah. back and forth, uh, both sides of the ice. He's a very yeah. good, very, very good player. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing about I just remember the I keep going back to 2015. It's kind of sad, really. I'm living in the past. But so um, is the Hawks fan base. So, yeah, but if Saad Hosa and Taves in 2015, in my opinion, that was the best line in hockey. And the way they operated was they just they, they cycled down low. They beat guys. You know, they used their bodies to screen pucks. They won pucks. Um, they were just beastly. And, you know, you, you if Saad and Taves can get that going again with the right forward across from them, the, the right right wing, um, you know, those, those guys can be a real weapon again. Um, but, you know, again, they tried a lot of guys there to, to you know, it's just really hard to replace Marion Hosa. You know, we used to talk two years ago, we talked about how hard it was to replace Saad. Um, now you're replacing, you know, a surefire Hall of Famer and uh, 500 goal scorer and, um, and really, you know, probably one of the best two-way forwards has ever played. And uh, um, it would be nice. It would be nice if they could get somebody who can who can play that game with those guys. I know they had Duclair there for a while, but – that doesn't really seem to be his game. He seems to be more that, you know, that guy to stretch and hopefully finish it. But, uh, um, he's, you know, um, but it, it feels like they need another power forward to play with those guys yeah. with, um, and put together 60 point season and, plus 25 again and that's a really effective line and and i think at six million dollars a year he's 25 years old he's won two cups he's he's a nice piece to have he's not artemi panarin but he's he's you know he's cost controlled and a pretty good player yeah i I think it's safe to say that the blackhawks fan base looked the gift horsa in the mouth (laughs) yeah i'm dumb okay thank you (laughs) back in the box liz (laughs) <laughs> I know that was yeah. a bad joke. Sorry. So, all right. Well, we've, yeah, we've kind of talked about the Blackhawks. I think, you know, everyone's heard enough of our doom and gloom and bitching and moaning. Yeah. We uh, probably, we probably need to start having some guests back on. Yeah, we will. No, we definitely will. I kind of mentioned this in the, in, in the mini episode, we're going to have Jeff Glover, actor, Jeff Glover on. We're going to have Mark. The from official Perif- film and TV actor of the rank. Yes. We're going to have Jeff Mark Glover. from periphery on. We're going to have, um, you have a special guest in, in the hopper. I don't know if we're going to ever mention that earlier or not, but you have a special guest in the hopper. Oh yeah. No, we're going to have the premier, um, shooting coach, in the NHL and possibly in the world, Tim Turk uh, is has agreed to to come on the um, the ringcast. He's really excited about it. Some of you will remember when when we had Coach Bob Rose on our our own Coach Bob Rose, um, the official coach of the rink.com, Coach Bob Rose, Mister Knowledge um, Nuggets himself. Yep. Yes, uh, Bob um, studied with Tim up in Toronto, and and Bob raves about Tim, and 
that's that was sort of the basis of my reaching out to Tim and, and seeing if he would do it. And he's like, absolutely. And uh, so that's going to be really exciting, especially, you know, for um, the parents of, of youth players and, and you high school players out there. Uh, and hopefully we'll we'll, uh, you know, be able to uh, draw some stuff out of Tim as far as, uh, you know, shooting and some of the, the techniques he teaches and, and the, the science behind that. I think I'm my hockey geek comes out you know at, at moments like this and, and uh, <laughs> i think that's going to be really cool and then we're also we've got an agreement from uh charlie romeliotis charlie romeliotis romeliotis yeah yes i've been practicing i've been practicing because i knew he was going to be on romeliotis yeah yeah so charlie's going to be on and um so we, we do we have we have a, a great uh lineup of guests we just got to kind of you know get around to get you know i think we're just sort of knocking the dust of this horrible season off of ourselves and, and getting our act together. But, you know, it's funny. We had somebody commenting on our Facebook page, um, Jackie Davis, our friend, Jackie. Yes. Um, started talking about how much she was going to miss our, our ring cast this summer. It's like, Hey, we're not going anywhere. We're, we're going to really, we're going to be pushing this. We've got a lot of exciting things lined up. Some we can't talk about right now for the site and for the community, um, coming up this summer. And, uh, I mean, uh, June especially and early July are arguably the the biggest and busiest months of the year in yeah. terms of player transactions, and we're going to be all over that like like we always have been. And uh, so that, that's stick with us because we got a lot coming on. Yeah, we we have another guest that I haven't mentioned yet, but I'm going to save that, uh, um, just so we can talk a little bit about what else is going on in the organization. And then we'll wrap it up with uh, the this other guest that I was uh, kind of teasing. Um, the Ice Hogs uh, start the playoffs on Saturday against the Chicago Wolves. Mario did has done an exceptional job of covering this yes. team the entire year. Uh, yeah, follow him, read his follow, stuff. Mario Tirabasi. Yes, at, it's at, at Mario Tirabasi, isn't it? Underscore. Yeah, Mario underscore Tirabasi. Yeah. Make sure you're following him. Um, he's putting up these articles. He's doing interviews. He's got sound bites in all of his articles about this. I mean, he's he's doing the legwork. He's busting his butt out there. Uh, you know, going out there to media days and stuff like that. So, um, you know, he I can't say enough good things. This is why I put the mini episode out for Mario. His schedule sort of doesn't fit with our podcast schedule, but he was nice enough to throw together that clip to wrap up the season. So I, 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 he need, you know, that needed to get out there. People needed to hear that because he's, he's one of the, he's, I, I gotta say he's the best out there at covering the, the Rockford ice hogs. He absolutely is. And he absolutely uh, is. I mean, he's yeah. Mario is uh, a real jewel in the crown of the rank.com. Yeah. If, unlike I, us. Do we have a crown? We don't have a crown. Who are we kidding? We <laughs> yeah. Unlike us, we're just grumpy old guys. We've got a couple of hats that we can talk about our clothing line. <laughs> well, that's, that's where I'm going to be going. That's where I am going to be going, but uh, not just yet, but, and then also, um, like I said, you know, the, 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 the uh, ice hogs thing's going to be going on. So if you can get out to these games, the actually the ice hogs will be, you know, playing here close in the area. So if you can get out and see some of these games, you want to see some of these guys who may be Blackhawks next year, this is going to be a good opportunity to do it. Playoff hockey in the AHL, at the uh, Allstate Arena, get out there and and, and see, you know, uh, buy a ticket because uh, that, you know, it's close to home. So, um, but th- then on the on the flip side of that, you have the ECHL, which is the the Indy Fuel, 
the uh, the Blackhawks ECHL team, and and you know these are guys that aren't necessarily all you're gonna ever you may never see in a Blackhawks uniform, but they're still in the organization, and uh, there are a couple guys who you may see. Uh, they're starting. They they're playing right now as we're recording. They, they were tied one to one. I don't know what the score is right now. I could probably go back and check, but um, we've got a new um beat writer that uh we're, we're he's gonna be our contributor right now is uh evan miller he uh he's really passionate about the the indie fuel um he's going out there and he's you know following following the footsteps of our other beat writer mario terbasi and doing the legwork and um so we're really happy to have someone that's that passionate about you know the yeah. indie fuel and he's close you know close to the team so he, he can get out there and uh and do all that work. So, um, is from what I'm looking at right now, Indy scored an empty net goal. Uh, so they're probably winning. I would assume that the series is going to go two to one. Uh, they're playing the Toledo walleye in this series. So they were down Oh two. So, um, this, this should bring them back in within, you know, a game's worth. Um, but yeah, Evan will be probably giving us uh, maybe weekly updates on on what's going on uh, with the, the Indy Fuel. So welcome, Evan. Indy uh, Fuels. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you. And so I will. I, I, we can wrap this uh, wrap this up with a nice, pretty little bow. The other the other guests who we'll probably will have on. We almost were able to have him on, but we're in, schedules were conflicting to this week. But Mr. Matt Marini from PuckHockey.com. The aforementioned puckhockey.com. Matt is actually, I believe, the the CEO yes. of puckhockey.com. And he's he's Matt's a great guy. He's he's really high energy. Um, you know, he's always he's always thinking and creating and uh he runs a um you know a pretty cool group of people with puck hockey and, and you know the designers and and the thinkers and um the, you know the salespeople um and the web people. Um, and so, you know, I've known Matt for about five years, um, got to know him when I was working over at hockey buzz and we started, we started corresponding and talking about things. And I started, um, uh, on my blog over there, I started actually plugging their stuff around the holidays. And that's how this relationship between Matt and I started to grow. And, and, uh, um, you know, Matt, Matt's a really good guy. He's really excited about developing the line for us. He, you know, he emailed us this morning and, you know, told us that it was it was going up in the next day or so. We we've got a couple ideas that we're gonna that we're gonna try to make happen as far as you know spreading the word about the line and getting some people you know wearing the wearing the stuff and talking about it, et cetera. And and we'll uh, we'll reveal some of that later. It's gonna be kind of fun um, if we could pull it off. Um, but uh, yeah, Matt's gonna come on and we're gonna talk about their business. We're gonna talk about puck hockey's business and the people they work with, like Snoop Dogg and and a lot of. Uh, High-profile metal bands and Marion Hosa, Tomas Tatar, Hampus Lindholm, Freddie Anderson. Um, who am I leaving out? Uh, let's see. As far as players go, uh, you have Calvin Pickard, Eric Comrie, Freddie Anderson, uh, Hampus Lindholm, Marion Hosa, Thomas Tatar. As far as the player signature series yeah. goes. Yeah. Um, collaborations with bands and stuff. They have uh, Snoop Dogg, Thirty Six Crazy Fists, All yeah. Hail the Yeti, Bumblefoot, excellent guitarist, um, Darkest Hour, who I believe is from Washington D.C. and are they're huge Capitals fans. 
Yep. Um, their gear, the gear that they designed for Darkest Hours, has a very Caps feel to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a name a lot of metalheads may be familiar with, which is Dave Ellison. He's the bassist in Megadeth. Uh, they've got a, an exclusive line with him. Um, Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein, who's in the Misfits, uh, the band Exodus, uh, Head PE. I guess they've got like an Ice Guardians uh, line. Yep. They and actually, it's really cool too. They do work with the West Michigan Special Olympics. Uh, Puck Hockey's um, headquartered up in Detroit. Um, unfortunately, some of them are Wings fans, but yeah, we'll, yeah. Uh, that's we'll unfortunate. That. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they do a lot of cool things. I mean, Matt's just a really creative, open-minded guy and, uh, um, we've, we've been really blessed. So, um, Gate, I'm just going to dive into it here. So, so we started talking to Matt and, mm-hmm. and he to us about designing our clothing line and, uh, we shared some of the early designs, um, on Twitter a couple weeks ago and, uh, the reactions were amazing. I mean, we're, we had people like take my money now. Yeah. You know, um, there's a blue and black flannel with uh, the rink logo on it that people are just drooling on. And uh, there's a uh, blue and black flat brim hat with the, with the logo on it. We've got this really cool um, rink rats uh, patch, icon patch, that's that's just cool in and of itself. Um, Gate, take it from there, man. There's more stuff. Yeah, we, we, there's several different hats. There's flex fit hats uh, that... Uh, the, the hoodie, there's a hoodie. There's going to be a, a, the rink hoodie. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked about that rink rat logo. Um, that was kind of a cool little thing that they came up with on their own. And when they threw it over to us, I just fell in love with it right away. Uh, I think it's just a cool little, uh, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, the intention I think down the line is, is to get uh, decals made. So you put them on your car windows or whatever you want to do or, Hell, if you're a you know student, put it on your notebook. Whatever the case is, they're really big on decals, so they they have a lot of decals for their uh, their stuff. Um, they're just uh, they they see our vision and they and they take it to that next level. Yeah, which uh, you know I can't, I can't you know I really like that because I I tried to do merch you know in my previous place and it, it was a complete pain in the butt and it never turned out the way I really wanted it to. Now we have actually a quality company yeah. that puts out quality gear. None of this stuff well, that's is a thing too. Yeah. I mean the blanks that they use, I mean, it, this is nice stuff. I bought a Hosa hoodie from him uh, a few years ago. I think it was like three, three years ago. And I wear, I still wear that. I wear that thing on the ice when I'm, you know, when I'm out with the kids, I, I wear it. And, and, uh, I mean, it's really the hats are really high quality. The the uh, scully caps that they have mm-hmm. are really high quality. I mean, we were talking earlier about the Marion Hosa um, scully cap that you bought, um, yeah. which I'm now coveting. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, definitely, we're we're really excited about it. I th- we we think by this time tomorrow, if not earlier, um, it's going to be up on the site. We'll we'll put it on social media. It's, you know, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, but we'll see if we can get you, you know, direct links or direct, direct yeah. URLs to the pages where our stuff is going to be. And, uh, um, yeah. yeah, if you go to, if you, actually, if you go to, to, uh, rink.com and read all of our fine articles, there's a, a banner on the, on the front page that, uh, shows you a little bit of what our line is going to look like. I, uh, I put up a new banner an updated puck hockey banner that's got uh, our line actually on it. So yeah, I know a lot of people 
and I know this from previous experience with trying to do merch. People like flex fit hats. Yeah. And we are going to have flex fit hats. And I'm very happy about that because that's one of the things that I was not able to get to people over at my previous uh, place. And now I'm going to be able to offer that to our fans. And I'm really excited about that. So, uh, you know, it, we're fawning on and on, but we're not, and we're not doing it just because we have to, <laughs> we're doing it because we really believe in this stuff. And they've, they've taken our vision to that next level with, with this merch. And, and we want to be able to share it with everybody. And, uh, you know, like I said, I went out and bought a whole bunch of stuff myself. The t-shirts are, are really nice quality. The, uh, you know, they don't wash out. You don't get a lot, you know, with the, with the printing on them, you don't get a lot of wash out. And of course, you know, the uh, flannels, you know, have a, have a sewn on patch. So that's not going to wash out. And the flannels, like they're great right now in Chicago with the way the weather is tonight. I mean, it's snowing tonight. It's April 18th and it's snowing. Those are good, heavy flannels you could wear in, in cool weather, you know, in, in places where, Oh, absolutely. You know, it's really I, high quality stuff. Yeah. I mean, we, we both got flannels um, as gifts from, from Puck Hockey yeah. at the, the holidays. And uh, yeah, I mean, these things are, I mean, so this isn't your typical, you know, merch crap. This is, this is like nice, high quality stuff. And I just, I love the work their designers do. Um, they've got a great eye. Um, you know, it's the kind of stuff you see people walking around with in the city and you go, man, I wonder where, where I could get a hat like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is where you get it. Yeah. I, I'm actually, I, I actually like their, they have a, a fast food line where they yeah. took uh, logos from like Pizza Hut and White Castle and Taco Bell and turned it into a puck hockey logo. I, and that's kind of like thinking outside the box. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. They think outside the box and, you know, I just really like that. I mean, like I said, I didn't, I didn't even know who Tom Hazer was uh, really. Uh, but uh, I went and looked at his line. And he's got this line of skate with the devil. And that's right up my alley. I mean, that fits me perfectly. So I bought some, you know, decals. I bought a t-shirt. Like, I, I love it. I think it's great stuff, man. I just, uh, I wear I wear my stuff all the time now because it's really comfortable too. I will say one thing. When you go out to the website and when you buy your therink.com gear, Stuff does generally run slightly small. So yes. buy the next size. I would suggest buy the yeah. next size up. There's no knock on the gear or anything like that. It just kind of runs a little bit on the smaller side. Those of you who've, who've met me in person know that I am sort of a wide individual. Um, <laughs> Ditto. I'm somewhere between a, uh, a extra large and uh, an extra, extra large. Um off the rack. Um, but I, most of their stuff I buy ex, extra, extra large because yeah. it, it does run a wee bit on the small side. It's for slim hipsters, which we are not. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like some of the stuff that I got was large and uh, I was struggling with it. So I had to buy extra larges and even the la- extra larges, uh, were running, uh, you know, they, they just fit and, uh, I, I'm no well, slim just, body just accordingly. They've got all sizes. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so that's about it. That's, uh, that's our boys over at puckhockey.com. So check it out. Well, we'll probably next show. We'll probably have Matt on. Yeah. 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 So that will be next week. We'll have Matt on. I think you guys will enjoy that. Cause you'll get to hear about, uh, about their business and the, the people they work with. And, and, um, it's really cool. 
Yeah, and uh, Matt is uh, is again. He's a fellow member of the Stellar Haircut Club, aka the Bald Brotherhood. So the No Hair Club for yeah, men. the No Hair Club for men. <laughs> so I mean, he he's a bald metalhead. I I could you know he might be like a brother from another mother. So it's it's distinctly possible. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's so that's just about does it. That's uh, you know, uh, you can find all of our all of our wonderful content over at www.thedashrink.com. We've got all of our stuff there. Uh, We will be getting something from Mr. Jekyll, I believe, in the near future, which is a grade. The the forwards. Yeah, the insufferable grades grades for the 2017-18 season. I probably will be putting that up sometime on Sunday would be my guess. Yeah, it takes a while. uh, Gates uh, stellar defense pieces up there that I, I plan to read soon. <laughs> <laughs> the goalies, I'm I'm working on the goalies the goalie next too. too. Yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up with the uh, the cherry on top of the Sunday with the goalies. So that's uh, that that'll be the easy one for me. Yeah, and then we're gonna then after that we're gonna start. Uh, um, the the rumor mill has not really heated up too much at this point, um, but uh, it will. Um, and and. Probably very soon. Um, I'm guessing first of May. So we're going to start, uh, you know, reporting on what we're hearing and uh, making sure that uh, you're informed every step of the way. And hopefully, we'll get out front of some trades like we usually do. And um, you know, um, it's going to be it's going to be a very exciting uh, June, especially and probably early July as well, because I think the Hawks probably will do something in, in free agency as well. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be out there huffing it too. We're not going to be sitting back here, you know, petting our cat and. No, from the throne. We don't, we don't have cats. <laughs> exactly, exactly my point. Um, yeah, and then we're gonna start going into probably the draft preview, net preview, or at least some of the potential people that uh, the Blackhawks could draft. Well, and and Bill Plasek, Wiz, um, who is one of the the really good, solid, um, you know, I won't say science based, but scouting based, um prospects um gurus out there i mean mean, bill's mock drafts um and his you know his prospect projections um year after year he hits and uh bill's gonna gonna do i believe he's gonna do a mock draft for us a first round and he may do a round by round hawk hawk mock draft um as well and uh that'll be part of what we offer up to leading up to the draft that'll be that'll be really really fun yeah, and then uh, the the plan is that we'll be out at Prospect Camp again this year with a full report, probably video clips, uh, the whole deal. So, and speaking of Bill, I think Gabe, we haven't really talked about this, but I think we should probably plan on having him on. Yeah, prior to the draft. Um, sure, he's 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 fun on the podcast. He's he, Gates or uh, Gate. Uh, Bill is a real intense guy, who who we call Wiz. He's he's real intense. He's he's. Uh, and he's really smart. He really knows prospects. Yeah, if you check out uh, check out our website, or especially in, uh, he's written a couple of articles, but he also will jump in and uh, on the message board. Yes, he will, and, and give his opinion on things. So check it out. You know, run run over there, sign up, look at the message board, and and, and check out what's going on over there because there's there's some sneaky stuff going on behind the scenes that uh, I think yeah, you'll all enjoy. Some, we've had some great discussion. I mean, uh, there was one. Um, thread on, that was uh, on one of my articles a couple of weeks ago, and I, I had I had to paste the URL and tweet it because 
the discussion was so great. I'm like, guys, you should, you, you know, if you like to talk hockey, this is where you should be. Yeah. Um, we've got some, some real, we've got people who work in hockey and then just some really intense fans and it's respectful. And, uh, there's some, there's some great points of view shared and that's, you know, on the message board threads that are at the bottom of every article we post. Yep, exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. So finally wrapping up, uh, you can find us on all the popular social media at the rink official. Yeah, that's the Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, the Rinkcast on Twitter, uh, you can find me at Puck and Hostel on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find Mr. Jekyll at J-A-E-C-K-E-L on the Twitters. Uh, if you get a chance, go over to iTunes, rate and review. I haven't had a chance to check in a little bit. I've been a little tied up. Uh, but get over there, rate and review us. Give us a review. Make it make it entertaining. I don't care if it's good or bad. I'll read it on the air. Well, we want good ones. <laughs> nah, we'll take it. We'll take it either way. We've got. I've got a sense of humor, so I could take it. Um, it, it's always been good. Even, even, even in my previous place, uh, we would read the bad ones on the air. I found them funny. So, um, I don't have any last plugs except for the fact that I do want to mention, uh, the Humboldt tragedy. I don't want to bring everyone down, but yeah. I just want to say I, 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 I was happy to see that the hockey community completely reached out. Yeah. And did all this great stuff for that that terrible tragedy. Um, I still have a hockey stick out in my front porch. I Me don't too. know. I'm probably going to keep it out there for a long, good long while. Yep. I changed all the colors on all the avatars of all of our social media accounts. Yep. To reflect, just that to, to let people know, you know, to remind people to think about the families and the victims of of yeah. what happened at that terrible thing. So I, I don't want to bring everybody down. I want to go out on a high note, but I just want to say that you, I was really impressed with the hockey community. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're around hockey and and you know, in, working in youth hockey, um, and you know, you see the way that kids and families come together in hockey. It, it is really unique. There's a real brotherhood, and you know, those those poor kids and their families um, in Saskatchewan. I mean, um, you know, those could be our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's the way hockey is. I mean, um, I I have just been blessed for my son especially who um you know plays with a disability um and you know the the time and attention that you know he's gotten from some of his coaches and i've told gate about it he's been really (laughs) incredibly fortunate he he, in peewee this year one of his coaches was the director of hockey ops for an nhl team and um you know he was just great with my son and great with all the kids and that's that's how hockey is um, you know, the coaches treat the other kids like they're their own kids, and, and it's, it, it really is like a family. And I think the, the Humboldt experience, unfortunately, on a tragic note, um, but the way that the hockey community has responded really underscores that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's, let's you know, let's not be sad now. Let's look forward and let's just, you know, band together for the survivors and, and not forget about them. But uh, yeah, I, I want—I didn't want to go out without mentioning it. I don't—I uh, think I've done all my plugs and everything, and shout-outs. You got anything else you want to mention before we get out of nah, here? Nothing, man. Cool. All right. Well, until next week. Um, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, support, read us. Uh, we really appreciate all all the support we've gotten this year. And uh, so, until next episode. We will see you on the ring.